Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Monday, January the 2nd. A special start time today, 12 p.m. Eastern on this Monday, for one day only. Uh, usually, of course, we're on at 2 p.m. Eastern on weekdays, Monday to Friday, but we're on earlier so we could get you your winter classic analysis and really all three games on the NHL card before that game gets underway. So here we are a little bit earlier on a Monday. Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith with you, uh, ready to break down the Monday card. Uh, fresh off a Sunday slate with a few interesting results. Uh, congratulations to uh, Alex, who had a best bet winner on the show yesterday, San Jose and Chicago. Uh, over the total. You know, it's funny because we had someone a little critical of Alex's recent best bet results, and he mentioned it on the in the chat. Well, now you can give me hell because I, whoever you were, I actually I remember, I think his name was Michael, but he felt kind of bad after yeah. uh, when uh, people were sticking up for Alex. You can give me hell today because I had the Buffalo Sabres yesterday as best bet, and of course they fall short to uh, Ottawa. But hey, you're doing shows, you know, I, it's just and, and I want to address it because I, I we were talking about it during the show in our private chat here, Alex and I back and forth with, you know, you're going to get criticism when picks lose. It's just it is what it is uh, on Twitter, on shows, whatever the case may be. Sometimes it is what it is. But I don't get mad anymore. I used to really get hurt. I used to really, really get agitated, hurt feelings, the whole bit when I got criticism from someone that on, you know, on Twitter or a comment or a tweet or a YouTube post or a chat post or whatever, it's just water off a fucking duck ducks back for me at this stage in my life. In fact, you know, when we get the little comments on, and it's the same thing for me on pub sports radio, when I do shows for them and I do shows for the ice guys, you know, if someone has a little critical negative comment, I, I just reply back. Well, thanks for watching the show. Appreciate it. You know, thanks for uh, that's all I say. You know, just hey, you're you're tuning in. Uh, you, you care enough to post something, even if it is negative. Thank you. You're watching the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Keep tuning in. Thanks for watching. It's all I come back with now, and it's like it's like my serenity now, Frank Costanza <laughs> way of you know handling uh, negativity. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, no problem, no big deal anymore. When I when we have a uh, criticism or negative feedback, I just say, hey, you, you you're tuning in. We really do appreciate it, even if you have something negative to say, and we thank you for watching. So that's basically the way we go about it now. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the Sunday card, uh, Alex, um, we saw some interesting results. We saw Carolina with a 5-4 win uh, in a shootout over the New Jersey Devils. i got to give the Devils credit. They kept answering back every single time they fell yeah. behind. But eventually, Carolina gets the uh, win in a shootout by a score of 5-4. Uh, the Rangers with a 5-3 win against the Florida Panthers. Florida was talking the talk that our playoffs start now following the Christmas break. Well, it lasted for one game <laughs> against a depleted, wretched Montreal blue line, and they've lost two games since then. Shut out by Carolina, home loss to the Rangers yesterday. So maybe they're just not that good. All right, maybe they're just not going to turn that switch, flip that switch, uh, and really get on this run that they kind of need to right now because this, for the first time in a while, Alex, 
I don't think it's a slam dunk that the Western Conference top to bottom is better than the East anymore. I really think yeah. the East is closing that gap, if not maybe a little ahead of the West top to bottom uh, right now. It is becoming increasingly difficult to make the Stanley Cup playoffs out of the Eastern Conference. And if you're going to build yourself a little bit of a hole like the uh, Florida Panthers have, you know, you're going to have a tougher time getting out of it, even though we're talking early January and still, you know, three months left in the regular season. It's still not going to be easy. And I don't know, Alex, I'll throw it to you. I mean, does it look like this team's got a run in them? Because it's always looking like one step forward, two steps back for the Panthers. Yeah, I, I don't think they have a, a chance now at this point. And, and it's funny because, uh, you know, we said this for a while now that they've got to get rolling, got to get rolling. And here we are January 2nd. And just looking at the standings, like you said, with the East being stacked, and, and it's the flip-flop of what I thought at the beginning of the year. I thought the Atlantic was going to be the tougher uh, division and have a bunch of teams competing for spots. It's really the Metro. It's about six teams that are alive in the Metro. So, then I mean, you've got three or four that are in the Atlantic. That that leaves, you know, obviously odd teams out. And they're not even close to, to being in the wild card race right now. I don't see them making a big enough, deep enough run to get back into this race right now. So uh, I'd be interested to see what Florida does in the next month or so. If they continue to lose, are they going to try to move some pieces? And, you know, are they going to be sellers at the deadline? Who knows? So it, it's going to be really interesting to see. But I really don't think we're going to be talking about playoff hockey in uh, Sunrise, Florida this year. Yeah, and, and a great point by our guy, John Massey, who's on a lot of our uh, live betcasts late at night, especially he's the night owl of the uh, betcasts, usually. Uh, he says, Bobrovsky plays too much for Florida to be credible. It's, it's, I, I, no, and, but the problem is, I agree with that, but the problem is Spencer Knight's had opportunities, and he's not been as good as I was, was hoping he would be. So it's, it's two ways right now that he's got to play better, too, the young kid, Spencer Knight, and I think he's got it in him, but He's had some consistency issues. I mean, one of the recent starts he had, he got bombed by the Boston Bruins, you know. And so, I, I Maurice, I think Maurice is getting some feedback from the front office and the management saying, we're paying this fucking guy, you know, a shit ton of money. We can't just cut bait and have him sit, have, has his, have his ass stapled to the bench night in and night out. And there, he's in a tough spot, I think, Maurice. I think there's, because to me, I think there's a part of him that wants to play night as often as possible. But I think because of the money that management gave goalie Bob, they feel that they have to, it's like with Zach Wilson with the New York jets. It's a great comparison, you know, to the, to the football team there, the New York jets, they felt compelled to play Zach Wilson a ton this season, even though we knew he couldn't play. He was totally inept at the position. We, we saw it clear as day, you know, awful quarterback play, couldn't read a defense, you know, terrible decision-making the whole bit. And anybody with a brain could see that, hey, we got to sit this guy down. He's, he can't play. He's not very good. But because they invested a second overall pick in him, because they invested money in him, you know, it's a situation where they felt, hey, we got to keep playing this guy, even if his performance is not up to par, is not up to standard. And I kind of think the Florida Panthers are, are feeling that way about Bobrovsky. Yeah, his performance isn't up to standard, but they've invested so much in him. They have to keep playing him. That's how they feel. I don't agree with it, but that's how they feel. And it is what I don't, like I say, I don't agree with it. I don't care. I don't care if you're making $1 or a million dollars or $10 million. If you're not playing well and the other guy is playing better, you shouldn't play. All right. Simple as that, but it's not always the way it works in the uh, hierarchy of front offices and management in the national hockey league with these teams. Uh, the other games, we saw San Jose 5-2 over Chicago. Took a while for the uh, Peter Morozik to, sh uh, to show his uh, 
usual form, but he yeah. did, uh, and it came uh, barreling down on him. Five goals, all pretty much the second half of that hockey game, and a five to two win for the uh, San Jose Sharks. Ottawa, a three to one win against uh, Buffalo. Pretty solid performance from the Senators and Forsberg in that, but it wasn't Buffalo's best. Not not an inch. And the one concern I did have with Buffalo was coming off the high and the emotional uh, win that they had against Boston, uh, against the Bruins the next night. Could they follow it up? And they had a hard time doing it, generating that same uh, intensity, emotion for 60 minutes. And not the best performance from Buffalo. They have their win streak snapped. And the other game, the Seattle Kraken, uh, bouncing back with a 4-1 to win uh, against the Islanders. Kind of regret that I only went first period on Seattle instead of full game. They ended up losing actually the first period puck line, but they win the game uh, 4-1 to against the uh, Islanders. Clearly a team that uh, responded in a big way following the embarrassment of the uh, Edmonton game on Friday night. So uh, Alex, uh, thoughts on the uh, other games on Sunday? Yeah, Seattle really did step up and, and play a great game, much to my chagrin. I had the Islanders uh, even money in that spot. But you mentioned with the Hawks and Sharks. I mean, this game, I thought the Hawks were going to be able to generate a little bit more offense, but this just the way that this team's been struggling offensively, uh, even against the San Jose team and, and Cockinen, a lot of saves that he made were pucks he didn't really see. Uh, there was a couple of chances on the power play, specifically late in the game, where literally there's just two pucks that bounce off of him and he's reacting to it maybe two seconds afterwards. So uh, the fact that they can't get even get an offense going against that team is just pretty rough. But San Jose with uh, a rare dominant win this season and it made me happy because we got the over uh, just barely getting the over 5-2 with the final. And, uh, you know, like I said, with Carolina, New Jersey, I, you know, and I kind of hinted at this, you know, if you like that game to stay away from, uh, taking a shot in regulation because it could go to OT, and that's exactly what we saw. I didn't expect it to go back and forth the way it did, especially late in the third period. But uh, that's a, a fun contest. And those are two teams that, you know, it'd be, it would be really nice to see if those two teams could meet each other in the playoffs. I doubt that happens. But uh, those, those battles between Carolina and Jersey have been interesting so far this season. Yeah, great point by Shenron Sports Picks in our chat. And that's the thing. Shenron and many of our chat people are terrific people uh, great feedback great comments just great comments great insight you know it's not just alex and i that provide great insight if you're looking at the youtube chat while you're watching the show on a daily basis the insight these guys provide little tidbits little stats little pieces of information you know that help in the handicapping process it's unbelievable how good it is uh, and shenron makes a good point here about that san jose chicago game i mean you really could capitalize on these situations you don't get worried or you don't start panicking uh, necessarily when a game goes as long as the San Jose Chicago game did scoreless. It went, you know, I think almost seven minutes into the second period before the first goal was scored. You don't panic and say, oh, well, there goes that bet. I totally got that handicap wrong, the over in that game. No, in fact, you do the opposite. You know what you do? You bet the live over. That's what you do. Because especially when you know that you've got issues defensively with both of those teams and you and and, and mediocre goaltending. You figure that, yeah, I got into the second period scoreless, but are these two guys really going to pitch a one to nothing, two to one type of game, really, uh, when it's all said and done? And you, if you did that, you absolutely could have capitalized on live overs in that San Jose Chicago game. You could have yeah. gotten over three and a half when it was scoreless. It was getting to that point, four and a half, certainly. 
Uh, and of course, the five and a half, if you would have bet that, would have cashed. The original over, of course, ended up coming through as well. I mean, great, great opportunities. Don't always just throw a game in the garbage chute that, oh, I projected goals. I projected weak defense. I projected bad goaltending. It's 0-0 in the second. Well, I got that one wrong. No, in fact, you do the opposite, I think. And if you see that the chances are there, you still look at a live over, and you're going to hit a lot of them. I have so many games, 0-0 in the second, and the final score is like 4-2, 4-3, 5-3. It's unbelievable how many yeah. times it happens. So it's a great piece of advice. Yeah, definitely. And and that's the thing, too, when looking at games live, you know, you're watching for pace and tempo. You're watching for, for chances. You're not just following the score blindly. And, and that, you know, I, I, I've written a primer about how to bet live uh, on a couple of sites. I've written it on the on the Patreon page. You know, there's things that, you know, this is this is a, that was a classic game of you have to kind of watch and 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 pay attention to what's going on and and reading between the lines and I had people message me about you know should I go with over five and a half go over five and a plus price and I said yes yes keep hammering this if I hadn't have pl- I already played it the day before and you know I did grab a little bit of five and a half live but if I hadn't you know bet this game beforehand or i bet a day up i would have been hammering five and a half five four and a half uh you know and that's not something i do all the time i like to just jump in and grab one single number but you know you could take a unit and split it up in, in the pieces and when you're seeing that okay the the well's about to burst at some point but you can you know kind of stack up a little bit we've done it on the, on the live bet cast as well uh so that that's definitely one of those classic games where you can use that uh kind of methodology and and capitalize and make some money yeah, a certain L.A. Kings-Buffalo Sabres game on the last BetCast was a perfect example of that. What was it, scoreless going into the third period? Now, Buffalo did all the scoring. They yeah. did all the work. They erupted for six in the third period. But it got there. You know, yeah. if you took your three-and-a-halves, your four-and-a-halves, your five-and-a-halves with live overs, they all cashed. Yeah. They all got the money. And those are perfect. another perfect example of uh, taking advantage of that for sure. Uh, yes, uh by the way, I do want to mention this. I mean, this is not really a World Junior Hockey Championship show, but we are getting to the, the – the, the, this is the portion of the tournament that's worth watching. I'm in and out of watching the preliminary round. So much of it is just meaningless because now there's not even – you don't even get the buy uh, into the second round of the elimination round for winning your pool anymore uh, in the World Juniors. Everyone has to play a quarterfinal now, uh, even if you finish first in your pool. So that really devalues the, the importance of – the preliminary round even more. But now today, the elimination round, the medal round, as they call it, starts with the quarterfinals. There's four of them today. It's a great sports Monday. College football bowl games, you still have some of those. You have the Winter Classic and a couple NHL games at night. You got the World Junior quarterfinals. You got a great Monday night NFL game, Bills and Bengals. It's really a nice Monday uh, here in the uh, sports world. Plus, you got your regular NBA college hoop slates as well. So a great Monday. But, you know, all of a sudden, everybody plays in the quarterfinals, but today is when it matters. The medal round starts, but we have to talk a little bit about Connor Bedard, okay, and what he is doing because it is ridiculous. He has doubled basically in points, more than doubled every other player in this tournament in terms of points scored. Doubled them. You know, everybody. I mean, that's just crazy what he's doing. He's likely going to shatter Eric Lindros's record for all-time points in a World Junior Hockey Championship playing for any country, but he was playing, of course, for Canada as well in the early 90s. Uh, it is just remarkable what Connor Bedard is doing. You talk about the total package, what he's doing. He can see the ice extremely well. He's an unbelievable passer. His release is 
you talk about some of the best releases in hockey. You know, Matthews has an incredible release. We're, we're seeing Tage Thompson can do a lot of big things with the puck. Ovechkin, of course, put his release right up there, I think, when he gets to the NHL level. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He can just put the puck in a thimble is what he can do with that shot. Put it right under the bar, right under the goalie's. One of the goals he scored was up over the goalie's shoulder between his ear and the and the, and the post. It was like, and that's the only part, bit of room he had. And somehow, God damn it, he found it. I mean, it was just unbelievable uh, how he was able to do that. And he goes to the front of the net. He is willing to pay the price, go to the blue paint, go to the crease area, and score goals that way. So he's got that little competitive fire in him. And that little, you know, if I get whacked a little bit, if I get hit, knocked down, cross-checked, slashed, whatever, I'll I'll, I'll handle it. I'm still going to go to that spot in the ice and try to score goals the old greasy way, the old-fashioned way, the uh, the, you know, in front, look for loose change. I mean, that is what I'm seeing clear as day with Bedard in this tournament is that I don't know if there's a thing he can't do right now. And you talk about tank for Bedard uh, going on with some of these awful teams in the NHL. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to watch this tournament and say we really have to start tanking for Bedard now. We were thinking about it before. Now we will. But, man, it's like these teams are just, you know, looking at this kid and saying, man, what a potential to get a fast track to the reboot of our franchise going if we can land this kid. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, I mean, now him getting in the front of the net, I don't know if we're going to see that once he gets to the pro level. I mean, at 5'9", uh, you know, and he, he's clearly strong for his size, but that's something that'll probably change. But He'll have to put on weight and size, yeah. no doubt, like any kid. Yep. Right. But 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 his but his style is adaptable in today's NHL, and I think he will definitely thrive. And like I said, there's there's teams who may have been on the fence of whether they want to compete now or or tank that are probably tanking now. They're probably thinking about it. So it, it's now it's now a race toward the bottom more than it is to the top probably in, in this league. And uh, of course, as time goes on, teams start continuing to lose. We'll see that separation more and more. So, so it it really does affect the betting uh, aspect in a way because when we get down to you know post all-star break into March and, and, and the end of April, we're going to see these astronomically high uh, favorite prices, you know, kind of what we saw maybe a few years ago, you know, going back with Jack Eichel, going back with Connor McDavid. If you remember those regular seasons before uh, those guys were drafted, or you see Edmonton, Buffalo and those teams, uh, you know, plus 300, 400, 500 underdogs every other night because you knew they weren't trying uh, to, to win games at that point. So this does really affect the betting market in some way, not so much now, but coming up uh, toward the end of the season. Yeah, no doubt. It's been uh, fun to watch. He's uh, And someone's going to get, obviously, a hell of a player. And I think it's safe to say he's probably going to have a very good uh, NHL career uh, at this point. But, uh, yeah, unbelievable stuff. And uh, let's get bedarted. They are getting bedarted uh, in the uh, World Junior Hockey Championship with that Canadian team. All right, Monday's card, and we are going to start, of course, with the featured matchup on this card. Uh, this will be nationally televised, both sides of the border, Sportsnet in Canada, TNT uh, in the United States, Pittsburgh Penguins, Boston Bruins, a.k.a. the Winter Classic, Fenway Pack uh, in Boston. Uh, we've got Boston minus 175 uh, favorites here. Home favorites, uh, because it is technically home game for the Bruins still. Six the total uh, in this game. Let's start with the weather, because that's always important when you're going to bet the Winter Classic. Very balmy conditions for January the 2nd. They're calling for sunshine. They're calling for 50 degrees Fahrenheit at opening uh, faceoff. It looks like uh, the wind is going to be very light. And so it's going to be warm. And when you're talking 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 
you're talking quite a bit above freezing. So it leaves you to wonder, what are the ice conditions going to be like? And there is some mild concern about the condition of the ice for the game, especially if the sun stays out in the open and is from out from behind the clouds. If that's going to be the case, there might be some stoppages to, you know, uh, make sure you uh, let the uh, sun pass by. And there, there could be some sun delays. You know, we always hear rain delays uh, in, uh, you know, baseball uh, and certainly lightning delays in uh, football. Uh, but you could have some sun delays. And they've done this before where they've actually delayed the start of a game or they've started the game and the sun's just, you know, degrading the ice too much that they have to delay the game due to intense sunshine because it's just the temperatures are a bit too warm. So you could see that, but they're they're not expecting that to be the case because they've just done such a great job. Like the ice people, the ice makers, they and the, the technology they're able to use to at least try to keep the ice as cold and uh, frigid as can be, despite higher temperatures, despite sunshine conditions, it's, it's incredible to see how much it's improved since the first winter classic, which was what, almost probably what, 15 years ago now. Uh, so, you know, the ability to keep the ice in proper condition, you know, has the, the ability to do that has improved uh, significantly. So they're still hoping for, uh, you know, good conditions and they won't have any delays. Uh, we'll see. But uh, certainly uh, from a fan's perspective, if you're going to Fenway Park, uh, definitely it's going to be uh, a situation where you're going to be feel, feeling great. You know, it's not going to be you're fr freezing your butt off sitting there in the left field bleachers at Fenway Park. You're watching this game. It's certainly <laughs> going to be comfortable for the fans. John's got a good point with this. If the sun's out, you're right. Glare visibility for the players is always an issue. Uh, it could be. So we'll keep an eye on that. But we won't know that until what is happening while the game is happening. So as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing major that would have you say, wow, the weather is going to make me bet this side or bet this total. No, not quite when it comes to this game. As far as the matchup goes, as far as the hockey portion of this handicap, we know the Pittsburgh Penguins are going through a plight right now. I mean, they definitely are. They've lost four in a row. It's not been a good run for them. It's amazing how things have changed so quickly that they blow the game against Carolina before the break, and they come out of the break, and they have not gotten the momentum back from that Carolina loss. A horrible game against the Islanders, non-competitive from start to finish. 4-0 lead against Detroit. They blow the game, lose 5-4 in overtime. And then against New Jersey, even in that game, they had a 2-1 lead, 2-2. And then this is when you know a team's struggling. You give up a shorthanded goal, and you give it up in the final minute of a period. And that was the backbreaker against New Jersey uh, on Friday night, 3-2. And it just seemed like New Jersey was going to shut the door, and it was just such a debilitating goal for the Penguins to give up. And sure enough, uh, New Jersey puts it away in the empty net and they win 4-2, sent handing Pittsburgh their fourth straight loss. Um, you got all kinds of issues. In fact, Dan Kingersky at uh, Pittsburgh Hockey Now has done some great articles uh, for uh, this team and talking about the struggles. And he had a great piece there about uh, Kapanen that he's getting a lot of criticism on social media for his struggles. They expect a lot more out of him. And he's trying to say they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, he's sounding frustrated. Some of the other players are sounding frustrated. It's like it's not a good vibe right now uh, in the Pittsburgh Penguins dressing room uh, at this point in time. And that is not even factoring in, you know, the, it's not just the struggles on the ice with the losses mounting four in a row, but this team's also hella banged up right now. You know, Crystal Tang is still out on the blue line. They're all, Jeff Petrie's been on IR for a bit. Chad Ruedel's out. That's three of your six starting defensemen that you're missing for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. That's not 
uh, ideal uh, for sure. Um, and again, you're talking about a team that struggled mightily with their defensive play in recent games. And I think it coincides with who they're missing on the blue line right now. No question about that. So that is something that concerns me here in this game. Uh, Boston obviously has been playing outstanding hockey this year, uh, although they have lost two of their last three. And you have not been able to say that very often about Boston. They lose in a shootout 3-2 to Ottawa, although that was really more Cam Talbot playing a phenomenal game. They did have 51 shots, probably deserved a win. Uh, and then they bounced back, beat New Jersey 3-1. to And then the game against Buffalo, it looked like they were going to come back uh, and win. They were down 2-1. to They took a 3-2 lead. Buffalo, though, ties it late. And then they win it in overtime, 4-3 uh, over the Boston Bruins, a rare home loss for the uh, Bruins. Uh, I would expect uh, them, though, to have a pretty solid response here uh, in this game uh, against the uh, Boston Bruins uh, in this one. Um, I like Boston. I think if I were to bet something, like I don't love the game either way, side or total, but I think if I were to bet something here, it's probably Boston first period puck line. I, I do have my eye on that. Uh, you can get it right now at minus a half at uh, plus. Uh, it's a pretty good price, actually, that you can get. Yeah, plus 145 or so. Uh, with the Bruins, uh, first period puck line. Um, I think that's a good bet. Because uh, even in the Buffalo loss on Saturday, they were up one nothing after the first period uh, of that game, the Bruins. And then things kind of got away from them. Buffalo got back into the game. So I think in the uh, first period, uh, Boston does find the back of the net. Tristan Jari, by the way, in net for Pittsburgh. And it's Linus Allmark uh, for the Boston Bruins, who continues. Look, he's got to be a Vesna Trophy candidate right now. He simply has to be. He yeah. has been excellent. 21-2. and two, That's his record. 21-2. and two. So 20 wins and three losses overall. One regulation loss this season for Linus Allmark uh, in net. 1.9 goals against average, 938 save percentage. You know, the results have been absolutely extraordinary. It is worth noting one of his worst performances of the year did come against Pittsburgh, though. He gave up five goals on November 1st against this team. That was a long time ago, though. He has been just ridiculously good. Uh, they've been winning consistently with Allmark in net. In fact, the Bruins are on a 7-1 and one run in his last eight starts. Um yeah, so I think he can shut the door probably pretty good. And if you actually look at a lot of these Allmark games, you know, uh, many of them have trended under. A lot of them, the team uh, opposing team has scored three goals or less. Uh, it's just so the total's tough. I don't love betting overs with Allmark in that. But at the same time, some of those games have gone over because Boston's exploded on the scoreboard. Outdoor conditions, I'm not totally sure that's going to happen. But at the same time, Pittsburgh's defense has not been good lately. We've talked about how they've given up goals. So to me, this would be Boston minus a half, plus 145, first period puck line. And the other bet I'd consider pregame, maybe a Bruin team total over three and a half. Take the Pittsburgh side of the equation out of it, just because you know you don't know what you're going to get from them. They're a bit of a fragile bunch right now. Allmark's been great in net. Uh, so it's probably, a, I would like that a little bit as well. Maybe a small, smaller piece of the team total on Boston over three and a half. But I like that first period. I do. I think minus a half plus 145 feet off the crowd energy at Fenway Park early in the game. I think Bruins first period puck line. I like the look of that uh, in this game. Alex, what do you think here? Penguins, Bruins, Winter Classic. Yeah, you know, I was just looking back and I was doing it yesterday too at the, some of the outdoor games over the years. And yeah, for the most part, we've seen, you know, just kind of a, a bit of balance where, you know, we've seen a lot of unders, but recently you've seen a ton of, of overs. 
Uh, somebody mentioned in the chat, 1-11 to the under and specifically winter classics. But when you add the stadium series and some of the other outdoor games, uh, three of the last four like I said, have sailed over the total. And one of the things that I really point out uh, that really stick out to me, rather, is when you mentioned about the glare of the sun. And it makes me think about the last Bruins outdoor game. Remember, they played Philadelphia uh, in Lake Tahoe, which – the first game was an absolute disaster. They had the whole 10-hour delay with uh, Colorado and Vegas. But in the Philly-Boston game, they you know played it around sunset. And the glare caused about five goals in that first period. So that's something that I think might be really, uh, you know, to something to key in on. I like this over here. Both of these teams, especially when you look at the core players, the Crosbys, the Malkins, the, uh, you know, uh, the guys for, for Boston, they've played in these outdoor games before. They have history. Uh, so this is not for, you know, unfamiliar territory. You guys won't be starstruck, uh, by, you know, being in this venue, Boston, I mean, played, already played a winter classic game in Fenway Park before. So I think that makes a huge difference. They'll be settled in. I, I would like this game over if it was played indoors at either arena. So looking at it, uh, you know, minus a dollar 15, like I said, the ice conditions from what we heard yesterday, weren't bad, uh, during the, the, the formal practices. And today might be a little different because the sun is out, but I think that's going to help more uh, or hinder the goalies and help the offenses a little bit more. So I'm taking a shot here with over six minus a dollar fifteen. All right, Alex, liking the over here, six uh, minus one fifteen with the Penguins and Bruins outdoors at Fenway Park in the uh, Winter Classic. It is worth noting. I'm looking at Allmark's uh, recent starts. He's been lights out, but I will point out two of the last three starts have gone over. You know, four three with Jersey, seven three with Florida. Because Boston's done the scoring. Boston's given him a lot of offense, a lot of uh, goal support. But as good as he's been, you mentioned that about the glare maybe being a little bit of a tough thing for the goalies to handle. That's true. We've seen that. I remember, yeah, Lake Tahoe is the prime example of it. You know, where early in that game, the goals were flooding in because of, uh, uh, you know, the glare that the sun was causing. Uh, on the ice surface uh, for that outdoor game. So uh, definitely uh, keep that in mind. There, that's why this is a fascinating handicap because I think someone could make a case for either side, uh, a first a different first period bets. You could go on over under in terms of first period or full game total. I mean, you could really go a bunch of different ways here. As far as props go, like I, I'm not going to load up on props in this particular game because never totally sure what you're uh, going to see uh, in terms of uh, the offensive side of it. But, uh, I will say this from a Pittsburgh standpoint uh, that um, since he's been back from injury, Jason Zucker's starting to play a little bit better. Uh, we've talked about how he's probably not a bad option from a player prop standpoint for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. Uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins, a ton of success this year. It's because they haven't had to simply rely on Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak uh, all the time. Certainly, there are big pieces uh, of making this team go uh, on the offensive end of the ice. But I want to point out a couple under the radar guys. Coyle has points in three of the last five games. You know, Taylor Hall all season has been pretty steady uh, for the uh, Bruins. 27 points, 13 goals. He's been a little quiet lately, but you could consider a, a prop with him. And don't sleep on Trent Frederick all of a sudden. You know, obviously down on the third line, but I'm seeing this guy get chances every game, it seems, for the Bruins. He's getting to the net. Uh, he ended up scoring against New Jersey. He had multiple shots on goal now in five of the last six games. He's got points in three of the last six games for the Boston Bruins. I mean, Trent Frederick is not a outlandish, out-there goal prop, you know, shot if you want to take it. 
uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. So a couple props that I'm interested in. Uh, Alex liking the over, and I'm probably the thing I like the most here pregame is the Boston first period puck line, minus a half, plus 145. All right, before we get into the night games here on the uh, Monday card, uh, and thanks for everyone joining us live on YouTube. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Uh, we will join. We will uh, break down the two games at night, Vegas, Colorado, Philly, Anaheim in just a second. Uh, but first, we will hear from one of our two great partners and sponsors of the Ice Guys, Gramco. All right. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the uh, Ice Guys show, uh, and uh, we're ready to continue along. Next up, we've got Vegas and Colorado. Colorado minus 170, uh, home favorite, six the total in this game. Uh, again, there's only three games on the card, of course, two after the uh, Winter Classic, both of them tonight. I have a hard time getting to either side in this particular game. I mean, I'm not really rushing to bet Vegas, even at plus 150. I still think this team is just too depleted to trust. Now, they did get past Nashville, but not before they let Nashville right back into the game and nearly blew a 4-2 lead, uh, you know, 4-4, and uh, they had to hang on to beat the uh, Nashville Predators on Saturday, 5-4. I mean, this team's still a hell of a banged-up, shorthanded mess. I mean, we've ad nauseum, we've repeated it over and over again. And it's getting worse, too. They already had three starting defensemen out, White Cloud, Theodore, and Martinez. Well, Miramanov has played very well. This young kid, the last few games in net for the uh, Vegas, or not in net, on the blue line for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. He's now on the uh, injured list, and he's now out for the Golden Knights tonight as well. So you are extremely, extremely depleted on the back end if you're the Vegas Golden Knights tonight for this hockey game. I mean, you're looking at Nick Haig moving up to the top pair with Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb with Braden Pahal, uh, Ben Hutton, and it looks like Caden Korchak is going to move into the lineup here tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, your, your depth defensively and depth on the blue line is certainly going to be tested here tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in this game. Now you got to play this Colorado team. The look just got Nathan McKinnon back, although it didn't provide the spark. It did not provide the bump that they were hoping it would against the Toronto Maple Leafs the other night as Toronto played a hell of a game. I mean, when the Leafs play that like that, they're as good as any team in the National Hockey League when they bring that kind of game, the Leafs. And they did that on Saturday night. But, you know, it's always going to come back to, can they do it consistently? Can they do it in playoff time? As we've said repeatedly on this show, but they brought it Saturday night in Colorado, was definitely outplayed by the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. They'll be looking to bounce back. You got to believe McKinnon now with a game under his belt is going to be a lot more comfortable tonight uh, out there on the ice, uh, no question. 
uh, about that. And yes, I'm pivoting on the uh, under. Um, yeah, that's a great point by Grinch. Under for the Avs at home has been ringing off, but those unders are wearing off for Colorado. Remember they were on that great under surge without McKinnon. It was nine straight games had gone under. Well, now three straight have gone over for the Colorado Avalanche. The Arizona game, the LA game, the Toronto game. Uh, they lost all three, and all three went over the total. And I think they're going to continue to be an over team, especially giving up goals to the opponent, because uh, you know it's going to be a or they're going to be involved in this kind of game tonight. Not so much their own defense, but Vegas. You know, I think Vegas is very vulnerable defensively right now. With you know, with four of their top six defensemen are out essentially right now, and that's not even talking about Jack Eichel still on IR, Paul Cotter on IR. Um, it looks like. Uh, uh, there's another was it is Marcia so yeah Marcia so still on IR for the Vegas Golden Knights so this to me feels like Colorado it's a perfect bounce back spot but I'm not ready to lay minus 170 with a team that's lost three in a row either so where do I go then I don't want Vegas they're too banged up I, I don't trust them here on the road against an angry ornery Colorado team that better start winning because all of a sudden they're standing in the playoffs is you know a little bit on <laughs> uh, shaky ground, shaky foundation all of a sudden. So they need to turn it around. I think you're going to get a good effort from them. The first period puck line, I think, is not a bad look potentially on Colorado. At least that way you're going to get uh, a better price and a better number. You could get minus a half, plus 150 with that. I think that team total is probably something that I like the most. I haven't bet it yet, but definitely have my eyes on a Colorado Avalanche team total over three and a half uh, in this game. I think this is a prime opportunity for them to find the back of the net. Keep in mind, they did score four against the uh, LA Kings when they lost a couple nights ago, held down to just two goals in the loss against Toronto. But you look at just how ravaged Vegas is on the on defense with the blue line, and you look at Vegas giving up four to Nashville uh, on Saturday, four to LA, four to St. Louis. You catch my drift. Uh, they, 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 four to LA. Uh, yeah, they gave up four to Nashville three to Anaheim, four to LA, four to St. Louis. I mean, they're suddenly giving up goals and I think it might get worse before it gets better because you're already without Theodore, already without White Cloud, uh, already without Alec Martinez, who, by the way, is one of the leading shot blockers in the National Hockey League. You know, he's always right up there in terms of the defenseman that has blocked the most shots. So you talk about a defensive loss. That is a huge, gaping defensive loss for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights not having Alec Martinez and that road grader that he is blocking shots left and right. And now, of course, this Miramanov kid who's played so impressively well since he's been called up, and now you got him injured, Daniil Miramanov. So it's getting worse for the Vegas blue line. Lean Colorado first period puck line as well as team total over three and a half. I think those are better than looking at money line here. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Interesting game, Vegas and Colorado. Yeah, it is, and I think this is going to be a, a close one, and I like the draw here at plus 350. Just looking back at history, you got Vegas three of the last four games going to overtime or a shootout, four of the last six for uh, Colorado. And these are two teams that, you know, kind of in similar situations, dealing with uh, being banged up and trying to get their their lineups uh, into a, a bit of a rhythm. And like I said, we've seen unders with both of these teams. So I, I really feel like this could be a 2-2 game uh, going past 60 minutes. I don't want anything to do with the, with the side here or even the total, to be honest. I'm just going to play that uh, draw at plus 350. 
a good game for some props. There are a couple that stand out. I think this could be the night to, you know, McKinnon over points is never something I'm looking to bet every night. But, you know, I feel this could be a night where the explosion could happen. Obviously, it was a tough return to the lineup. He did have three shots on goal, but you clearly could tell he needed a game, you know, to really start to get in the flow again. So you should have a better opportunity for him to feel a little bit more comfortable tonight going into his second game since returning uh, from uh, injury uh, for them. You know, anybody on the second line, I think, is probably worth a look for the uh, Avalanche right now as well. Evan Rodriguez has two goals and three points in the last four games for the Avalanche. Uh, actually, no, sorry, two goals and five points in the last four games for Evan Rodriguez. And I did recommend goal score prop with him in the last game. He's got three goals in the last four games for Colorado, and he has six points in the last four games. Colorado. I'm coming straight out of Comfer. Crazy motherfucker named JT. Yes, JT Comfer. Uh, go back to the well with him once again. I think definitely worth a look. And second line center, uh, he is definitely producing right now for the Avs. And it goes without saying on the Vegas side. You know who I'm going to bring up in terms of prop tonight for this game? It's our guy, Michael Amadio. He just uh, has continues to be just fantastic getting this opportunity uh, on the top line for the Vegas Golden Knights with four goals and a whopping seven points uh, in the last five games. Four goals, seven points the last five games for Michael Amadio. Uh, all of them on that top line with Stevenson and with Stone. And the shocking thing is, I'm looking at some of the prices here. It's like odds makers don't know what's going on with this guy. It's plus 500 at bet 365 for him to score a goal. Is that nuts or what? Is that absolutely insane or what? And I, I feel bad for, there's so many of our great viewers and listeners, they can't access Bet365. It's only in New Jersey. It's only in on, Ontario yeah. or in Canada, I should say. And you can always seem like, actually, believe it or not, the prices for Amadio to score a goal at a lot of other books are a lot more in line with where they should be right now. Plus 300, plus 310, plus 330. I see plus 340 at Caesars. But it's plus 500 at Bet365. So if you can use Bet365 and you're going to ride the Michael Amadio prop one more time with me here, bet it there. Uh, plus 500. That is absolutely incredible for a guy that is just doing what he's doing right now. Like, he's carried the offense. No joke. He has absolutely carried the offense for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in recent games, this guy. Uh, it's been impressive to watch. Uh, and again, we're talking about a player with four goals, and seven points in the last five games for the Vegas Golden Knights since he's been up on the top line. So uh, just terrific, terrific bet, especially at plus 500. All right, final game of this uh, Monday card, Philadelphia Flyers, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we've got Philly minus 120 uh, road favorites here, six the total uh, pretty much across the board. Um, I like the over here. Uh, that's uh, pretty – of, of the side and total of any of these three games today, this is probably the one I like the most. I think you're probably going to see this game get up and over. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers have found something offensively. And, you know, they've gone 5-0-1-1 to the over in their last six games. And the reason for it is they've started to get their offense cranked up. 3-5-3-5-4-4. Three, five, three, five, four, and four. Goal scored by the Philadelphia Flyers in their last six games. I mean, they have definitely found a little offensive continuity. Starting to, The goals are starting to go in for this hockey team, and their hard work is starting to pay off. And I think what's important, Great to see is Scott Lawton stepping up. Owen Tippett is stepping up. They think that Noah Cates can give them a lot of good offense uh, in time, and he's starting to produce for the Flyers as well. Those are all good prop options, in my opinion, for this game. 
Morgan Frost is knocking on the door of finally taking his game up a few levels. He has scored three goals and four points in the last six games for the Philadelphia Flyers. And look, I've been railing on Morgan Frost being on the number one center spot for this team, saying that guy can't be on a number one center spot right now for this team. He ain't ready. Well, he definitely wasn't initially, and he was struggling, but he's starting to show some life, light at the end of the tunnel for him. He's playing better the last six games or so, starting to produce, playing with JVR and Tippett uh, on the top line. Uh, Kate Sparaby and, of course, Travis Konechny, TK, as they call him in Philly, uh, he's actually he's had a terrific season start to finish, so he's always a threat. But you got basically your their entire top six is starting to play well uh, offensively, and that's been the difference for Philadelphia here in the last six games. And that's why all of a sudden they've started to trend a little bit over the total because their offense is starting to roll. It's not like we have to. It's not like it should be too much of a ask for Philadelphia to find the back of the net tonight uh, against this Anaheim Ducks team. Uh, just continues to be uh, defensively challenged. That goes without saying. Four goals allowed to L.A., four to Minnesota, three to Calgary, uh, two to Vegas, although they needed Gibson to be just ridiculous in that game to win 3-2 and hold the Golden Knights to two goals. And, of course, typical Gibson uh, could not uh, sustain prosperity. Uh, the next start that he had against Nashville gets lit up for six goals. By the way, if you had the under in that Nashville-Anaheim game on Friday, I think it was Friday that game, Horrible beat. I mean, that is just, I mean, that game, it just trickles over the total with a bunch of explosions in the third period, especially late. I mean, just absolutely terrible it was uh, to say if you had the under. So I feel for you if you had the under in that Nashville Anaheim game on Friday. But six to one, it ended up. Gibson couldn't, you know, put two good games together. Same, same shit as always, it seems with him. I just think we'll see goals both ways here. Uh, in this one, and I think Anaheim will find the back of the net. Arison is, I think they're probably going to give Arison another start. I know there's been issues. Hart's been on IR, uh, and certainly uh, Sandstrom was ill, and that's what forced them to play Samuel Arison in the first place. And Sandstrom's healthy, but they're not going to put Sandstrom in when they're winning with this kid here two games in a row. Big upset over LA, and then they beat San Jose before that. So I think it'll be Arison once again. He's playing all right, but he's not a goalie that I think is going to totally shut the door. And we've seen that in those two starts against San Jose and L.A., uh, although I do think they've got he's got a little potential long term. There's no doubt uh, he's had some nice moments here for the Flyers, but I don't think he's going to shut down Anaheim. I do think Anaheim will find the back of the net, and I certainly think Philly will as well. So I like over six here, Flyers and Ducks. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Philadelphia, Anaheim? Yeah, this is one I'll probably wait and jump in and grab a live over i don't think we're gonna have any uh problem grabbing a five and a half maybe even a five and a half at a plus price uh and like i said it just feels like this could be a back and forth game but anaheim's offensive uh woes just kind of scare me a little bit i want to see what kind of pace and tempo they have like I said against arison and you know we talk about this with young goalies sometimes to come up not a lot of tape on them uh you know and they find ways to win games go you know guys can't figure them out in the first few starts so if he does get the nod I definitely want to just see what's going on first before jumping in. Even with a six at a, at a, at a dollar ten, I say wait a few minutes and, and, and look for this one. And if you don't see, you know, the pace and tempo, I know for me, if I don't see what I'm looking for uh, in the first five to seven minutes, and I just completely pass the game altogether. But I think we will have at least a chance to, to get that over. But I want to get a better price and, and just see where the tempo is at. All right. And by the way, obviously nobody got really got going offensively for Anaheim against Nashville. But I still wouldn't shy away from Mason McTavish of the Ducks. He's got uh, six points in the last uh, seven games for them, a couple of goals as well. 
I think he is the most undervalued option. He seems to be noticeable most nights now. He's getting chances. He's getting opportunities. He's had some games with four and five shots on goal recently as well for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So if you're going to look at a prop with the, with them tonight uh, in this game, I think that's not a bad option uh, to roll with uh, McTavish uh, either. Neither is Adam Henrique. I mean, Adam Henrique is a streaky player, but he had two goals in the win against uh, Vegas uh, the other night. Sometimes when he scores, he scores in bunches. So Henrique might be a consideration there. And anyone I mentioned on the top six for Philly outside of Konechny and JVR, because they're a little bit more, you know, aren't priced as well, but Cates and uh, Tippett, you know, players like that are definitely worth worth a look, I think. And Lawton as well uh, for the uh, Philly side, if you're looking at player props uh, in this game. I lean Philadelphia from a side perspective, but I, I feel like, do I want to lay minus 120 with them on the road off one of their biggest wins in a while against L.A.? And we're seeing that with these mediocre teams. They can't withstand prosperity. You know, they have a big, big win. And that was a huge win. That was a great win for Philadelphia. Beating the L.A. Kings the way the Kings have played since the Christmas break, great win for Philly. But so many times these below average bottom feeder teams, they have a win like that, and it just does not carry over into the next game. And they look like a totally different hockey team. How many times have we seen that? Saw that with Anaheim, right, after the Vegas game. They play Nashville after that and totally unable to keep it going. I worry about that a little bit for the Philadelphia Flyers tonight in this one, but I would still lean to the road favorite here, the Flyers at minus 120. All right, that is the Monday card. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We will, uh, by the way, patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Sign up there. Uh, daily ice guys betting card. Uh, we've got uh, certainly lots of bonus content coming up in the new year. A lot of features. We're going to have some more uh, players joining us as well uh, in the uh, new year. We'll do some bonus content with them uh, as well. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, and more. Patreon.com slash guys. Just $10 a month for that. And uh, by the way, we'll get to uh, best bets to wrap up the show uh, in just a second. But first, we'll hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get 
the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys Show and ready to wrap things up with best bet uh, for this mini three-game card, although highlighted by what should be a fun winter classic this afternoon at Fenway Park with the Penguins and Bruins. Alex, uh, what do you got for an encore after a best bet winner yesterday? What do you got for today? Yeah, we're going to head out to Denver. We're going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche. I like that draw. You can get that plus 350 to plus 355. Shop around, try to get the best number. Uh, Colorado, four of the last six games have gone to overtime. Vegas, three of the last four. Two teams that are still kind of beat up trying to get their rhythm going, and I think it's going to be uh, a tight contest. I don't think we're going to see too much scoring, but uh, I think it's going to be pretty balanced, and it's going to take longer than 60 minutes to find who's going to win this game. So let's go VGK and Abs. Regulation draw plus 350 is my best bet for Monday. All right, there it is. Vegas, Colorado, draw plus 350. Uh, best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith on this Monday slate. My best bet for this card, uh, I'd, I'm just going to go with Philadelphia, Anaheim, over six, uh, minus 110. Uh, I think we'll get enough goals from both sides here to uh, get that game up and over the total. Philadelphia trending that way. The most recent head-to-head meeting also uh, ended up going over the total with the Flyers and the Ducks last season. I think we see more of the same here tonight. Flyers, Ducks. Over six minus one ten. Uh, that'll be my best bet for this Monday card, and that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, we appreciate that uh, very much, uh, and a great uh, Monday ahead. Lots going on uh, on this uh, Monday, the day after New Year's Day. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, a reminder: the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, two p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday noon Eastern. And by the way, we will be back to our regular two p.m. Eastern. Uh, start time tomorrow on Tuesday. So make sure it's you, know, you, you don't tune in at noon. Join us tomorrow at 2, back at our normal time on Tuesday. Uh, so a reminder, we're on Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great uh, Monday. Uh, enjoy the Winter Classic and enjoy all the games and good luck on this Monday. And we will be back with you tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 